I have a confession to make. I am having a love affair. Sometimes I connect after midnight because I cannot wait even until the morning. And I shared this fact with my wife. And now she is having her own love affair with the same object of desire. I'm talking about the latest craze, Wordle. That web-based game updated daily where you have six chances to guess the five-letter word. Now, you may not be as addicted to the game as I am, or perhaps Wordle is not your thing, but I bet at one point or another, there's been a game that monopolized a great deal of your idle time. The question is, why do we do it? What is the attraction to these various games and forms of engagement? Perhaps you don't get involved in any of these types of games at all. Maybe you see it as a waste of time to get involved with these trivial, entertaining distractions. But that would be a lie. You just don't know it. In fact, you're playing multiple games of all sorts every day. And we're going to discuss how they are influencing your financial decisions today on Fin Wisdom. Hello, I'm your host, Joe L, and I'm very excited to kick off Season 4 with an interesting theme, starting with our first episode of this season, entitled, If I Can't Play, Then It's No Fun. This episode and the next two that follow will focus on a few concepts that are what gives us feelings of empowerment over money. They aren't your ordinary chats about behavioral biases or behavioral variability that one would normally think about but I think we should. I'd like to start the conversation by talking about the My Starbucks Rewards. Now, before I continue, I want to inform any Starbucks executives who might be listening, rest assured, this is not an attempt to promote or discredit the program. I'm merely using it as part of an examination of its purpose and impact on our decision-making process. So, Starbucks My Rewards Program. Now, according to RIS, which stands for Retail Information Systems, there are over 24 million members participating in the loyalty program as of the third quarter of 2021, which generates more than 51% of their sales. The number of members is close to 10% of the total adult population of the United States. Now that's impressive. And you can count me as one of those 24 million, by the way. Which is kind of strange if you saw the high-end cappuccino and espresso machine I have in my home. And so why would I be visiting Starbucks? Well, first off, I go less often for coffee since the high-end machine found a place in my home. However, I enjoy Starbucks' assortment of breakfast sandwiches and bakery treats. Which leads to the second question you might ask. If I don't visit a store as often for coffee in the first place, how did I learn about the assortment of foods, or even better, how did they convince me to try them? That's where you can thank Starbucks Loyalty Program. Because when you download the app and participate in the program like I did, you get notified of these limited-time incentives for extra points. But I bet many of you are familiar with this, and the ability to order ahead too, if you so desire. Plus, throughout the year, 
They have these amusing contests where you can earn instant wins for free beverages, food, swag, and of course, more stars. But to play or to earn additional plays, you need to make certain purchases on certain days of the week or certain hours or by a certain date. Now, all these mini-entertainment and points incentives gets you to explore their product offerings. It gets you to visit more, which leads to greater spending of your discretionary income in their stores. And this phenomenon is known as gamification, and it's today's topic. Anyone listening who is in marketing, communications, digital or customer experiences, promotions, e-learning developers, and the like are more than familiar with the term gamification. I would even wager that part of your budget is dedicated to developing content to enhance gamification. It's a buzzword even to those whose employment is not associated with it directly. Now I know what you're maybe thinking. Joel, unlike you, I'm not easily influenced by these types of loyalty programs. Oh yeah? Are you sure? Do you have any memberships to a gym, a museum, a club? A music app, a podcast, a streaming video service? Are you getting pushed about what to watch or listen to next since you liked watching or listening to something similar? Or how about a fitness app on your smartphone or even a smartwatch? Is it telling you how close you are to accomplishing your fitness goals for the day? There's gamification involved. Do you have a LinkedIn profile? Or have you ever completed an application or a survey or even the payment process for goods and services online? You know when you see that little bar at the top of any of these activities showing your progress to completion? Folks, that's gamification in its simplest form. It incentivizes you to keep going. Let me define it with a little more clarity and then why it matters to this discussion and how it becomes highly influential to the way you manage your money right after this quick break. Hi there, it's still me, your host, Joelle, and I'm wondering, do you know that April is Financial Literacy Month? If you're hearing this right now, that means you're doing something good for yourself to help improve your own financial wisdom. And if you like this podcast series, I'm asking you to share it with three people you know as part of your way of supporting Financial Literacy Month. Why three? First, I'm thinking you know three people who would truly benefit from these conversations and have a desire to improve their own ability to manage their money. Second, I'm seeking to grow Fin Wisdom by 333 listeners by the end of Season 4. Not a super huge number but realistic in terms of seeking organic growth among Fin Wisdom subscribers. And the third reason, well, the number three, and especially the number 333, I consider my lucky numbers. So if you enjoy what you hear, would you join me in making a difference in the spirit of Financial Literacy Month and inform just three people you know to tune in to? Many thanks for being a loyal listener and for your ongoing support. So what is this infatuation we have with gameplay? It draws us in like bees to honey. Who doesn't love to spin that wheel at a street fair or a community event? 
Enter into raffles, contests, and sweepstakes. Lottery tickets, scratch-offs, board games, video games, badges, redeemable points, loyalty programs. And by the way, if you follow any of my postings on FinWisdom, such as on LinkedIn, were you enticed to play the virtual scratch-off associated with this episode? If you haven't seen it, check it out on the FinWisdom blog section. Here's one way of illustrating the power of gamification. One thing Americans have proven to have an affinity for are game shows. The Price is Right, which was briefly canceled at one point in 1956 but continues today. Family Feud, that had separate runs starting since 1976. Wheel of Fortune started in 1976. Jeopardy has been on the air since 1964. It's hard to believe some of these shows started before I was even born. And I'm no spring chicken. We are drawn to the opportunity of watching others have the opportunity to improve their current state, and in many cases, our current financial state, through gameplay. And what about mobile games, as was mentioned in the teaser of this episode? Surely you've been hooked on at least tinkering with one or more of the following. Temple Run, Subway Surfers, Candy Crush, Angry Birds, Plants vs. Zombies, Pokemon Go, Words to Go, and of course, the daily distraction that I mentioned, Wordle, which is now, by the way, owned by the New York Times, who coughed up a whopping $1 million for a free game. Or at least for now, it's still free. That should tell you something about how valuable gaming can be if attracting a large enough audience. So what is it exactly? Gamification is grounded in a few basic principles. There is a goal or objective that is appealing to you and, very important, you must feel they are attainable. If you make it too easy, you'll get bored. If you make it too hard, you'll become disappointed or even worse, feel defeated. Next, there has to be rules. You break them, you're disqualified, or your wins don't count. They need to be clear and concise. You must believe or trust in them to believe they are fair and equally important. They encourage you to want to participate. There must be challenges or sets of obstacles you must overcome to get to a higher status or closer to your goals. Finally, there must be feedback, referrals, and positive inferences toward the game that you desire to share with others that encourage you to want to continue to dedicate time to the tasks in order to reach set milestones. Okay, now that we set up the foundation of this, what is it that grabs our attention and why are we willing to relinquish so much of our time toward it? There are several motivations and it's quite the exhaustive list So I'll name just a few of the top reasons why you get pulled into it. First, there is a sense of inclusion. This feeling you have or could have the same chance as anyone else to be, quote, winner of the game. All you need to do is believe that if you had the opportunity, you could complete the tasks assigned to participate. Second, we love to be entertained. Who doesn't mind completing tasks that will amuse us versus those that feel like actual work? 
Who doesn't mind doing things that are presented as fun and rewarding activities? Third, the opportunity to win something is alluring and it lends itself to feelings of hope or escape from a current situation. Number four, and I was alluding to this earlier, it's a great tool to boost your engagement and improve your loyalty. And number five, and this is a big one, it feeds your sense of control, which is broken down into the need for power, the need for achievement, and the need for social status or affiliation. By the way, if you want to learn more about this, you can return to Season 1, Episode 4, where I go into much more detail. But any of these give a sense of empowerment, and I think it's what makes gamification such an influential tool, and when you cannot participate or play, it then becomes less fun, may even frustrate you, or less inclined to take action. And by the way, this is where the statement came and where the title of today's episode was derived. It's actually quite interesting because this motivational tool can be as innocent as an everyday activity such as reading. If you're someone who uses an e-reader device and downloads books, has been exposed to gamification. Because who doesn't keep eyeing the percentage at the bottom of the page, informing us how much of the book we have read, and the time expected to complete the book? Some of these e-readers even tell you if your reading time and page completion is above the average reader, even encourages you to want to read more, to make you feel good for what you've accomplished so far. Let's talk about where we see gamification used as an influencer in our spending, saving, and investing. It's a tool used for nudging us to continue a particular behavior or to motivate us to complete a given set of actions. In terms of spending, well, the loyalty programs such as the one Starbucks offers I mentioned earlier entices us to spend more than we normally would on products and services. I think that is one of the most important emotions that gamification offers. It makes spending money more enjoyable. And what about an activity that most of us dread? Submitting our taxes. According to various resources, more than 50% of Americans file their taxes online. And of those who file, there are more than 50 million users of TurboTax worldwide. And yep, you guessed it. You may not realize it, but you like it using the program because of gamification. Think about it. Computing your taxes on your own can be overwhelming and even frightful. But when you use TurboTax or the other similar platforms, it's broken down into digestible sections. Walks you through the questions, congratulates you when you have successfully finished a segment, shows you your progress to completion, it even keeps a running tab on how much you owe or will be receiving in a form of a refund. I just find it so interesting how gamification is so innocent in so many ways, such as when you're completing a survey or profile or online job application. Were you mindful of how much of the task at hand you had to complete and still had to go? Its purpose is to prevent you from being deterred from abandoning the processes, to give you a sense of satisfaction by breaking down an objective into smaller tasks that you must finish to continue the next step. These mini milestones give us a sense of accomplishment, and I think you're beginning to see how this falls into your financial decision making. But I also feel compelled to take a sidestep, 
separate story, a personal story of how gamification is so influential. How many of you have ended up having friendly competitions at work? Maybe it's to help reduce costs, a sales competition, raising money for a good cause, or to help improve your fitness. And I'd like to expand on that last one, staying in shape. At my last employer, there was a corporate competition where employees had the opportunity to create groups and compete for a number of steps taken over a given time frame. Now, the results were tracked by our digital mechanisms, whether they be on our smartphone or smartwatch, and we were able to track and compare scores amongst all the teams. Gamification apparently had a huge impact on my own motivation because I went from an average of 8,500 steps a day to over 25,000 steps a day with a high of 50,000 on one day alone. Yeah, that's right, 50,000 in just one day. Now just imagine, if gamification helped me do nearly three times the number of steps per day, just think what right incentive could do for you if it helps you improve your relationship with money. So is this gamification a bad thing? I'll respond to that question after this brief message. Do you consider yourself an influencer or responsible for new projects, management decisions, departmental initiatives, continuous improvement, talent acquisition, or training where you work? Then you may have recognized or have witnessed how biases and behavioral variability can influence organizational decisions and potentially impact your firm's future success. If you're seeking improved decision-making, better collaborative teamwork, and more measurable results, then you need DNA behavior. DNA behavior is at the forefront of understanding behavioral styles and will provide access to a platform that captures and addresses various influences along with the tools to analyze and improve outcomes. Visit dnabehavior.com to learn more. So is gamification a bad thing? Well, the answer is somewhat complicated, but personally, I like it. And I think most everyone else does too. Who doesn't have an inner child in them who likes to play games, have a little friendly competition with others or against themselves, or even the feelings of empowerment? In that last mention, empowerment is huge, especially when you tether gamification to money management. That sense of winning, that sense of achievement, or that sense of affiliation to a shared experience is a powerful draw. That's because involvement in activities that may lead to monetary gains or losses triggers your emotions and gives you a perspective that through participation, you are exerting control over your spending, savings, and wealth. But let's start with the not so good when it comes to gamification. Gambling is one. Even an innocent as those lottery scratch-offs. You buy a few of them, and every time you are just so close to winning, surely you're going to win something if you buy enough of them. And you do. Small wins like a dollar, maybe five dollars, maybe even twenty dollars. But you have to tell me, does winning a small amount satisfy you? Or does it fuel the desire to continue playing? One area where I have concern of the influences of gamification is cryptocurrencies. I'm not here to tell you whether they are right or wrong as a financial vehicle. 
There's a great deal of potential value in them in terms of diversification, and it may be where all our current currencies may end up, and it's quite hard to avoid them. Who can? Did you know that as of March 2022, there are an astounding 18,000 plus cryptocurrencies out there? If you think about it, in general with world currencies, are they all equal in value? There are over 100 currencies around the globe recognized by the UN as legal tender. What I am concerned about is gamification altering our view and distancing the connection between legally tendered currencies and those that are crypto. Crypto is limited in terms of what you can purchase with it and how you obtain it. What I'm concerned about is gamification altering our view and distancing the connection between legally tendered currencies worldwide and those that are crypto. As an illustration, think about a casino. To play at the tables, you first must convert your legal tender currency into tokens, and they only have a value in one place, the casino in which you purchase them. So the value is limited to the environment in which they are accepted. From a behavioral perspective, it makes it easier for you to use them because you replaced your emotional connection to actual money to a casino chip, a game piece. Effective gamblers recognize this and understand what's truly at stake. So my point is, you should too, because playing with your life savings is a far cry from playing with an online avatar or within a financial app that can potentially disconnect you from value of a more widely accepted currency. So my advice would be to learn as much as you can, not only what that digital currency represents, but understand what influences and factors impact its value. In other words, make sure you read the instructions. Learn the rules of the game before you play. Gamification can also be a positive experience. A key factor, regardless of intention, is the reward system. Whether you are accumulating badges, milestones, points, new levels, social status, or some other form of derived value, gratification, or satisfaction. The fact is, we all enjoy the thrill of a game. So why not leverage them? Perhaps not in terms of your overarching goals, but rather the objectives necessary to achieve those goals. Introducing these game-like psychological rewards can help improve your financial well-being by helping you create more effective behavior. Even small but immediate psychological rewards to take action can improve your ability to achieve financial objectives today and rewarding goals for the future. The discussion earlier around TurboTax is a great example of how it can be a force of good to help you be responsible and timely with your tax preparations. On a side note, your attachment to these games is biased by your behavioral style. So that is why some forms of it will have greater appeal to you than others. So as a reminder, your behavioral style will depend on how you exert control in your environment. By the way, if you're curious to learn more about your behavioral style, I would recommend visiting Finn Wisdom's sponsor's website. That's dnabehavior.com. They have a free online quiz to help you reveal your behavioral style. So here's my personal favorite to how to take advantage of the concept of today's podcast. What I recommend is spice up your to-do lists. In particular, tasks relating to your finances, tasks associated with purchases, expenses, savings, and investing. After all, we create lists as reminders to establish a commitment to get things done that will benefit us, but put a deadline on them. Set times to beat to get them done. 
Perhaps you put a cap on the number of tasks per day to avoid feelings of being overwhelmed. Or maybe it's how many can you complete by a certain time or by end of day or by end of week. And if you're able to put a line through X amount of the tasks, reward yourself. All right. And no, that doesn't mean a new car or to go shopping for a new outfit. But maybe it's allowing yourself more time to pursue a hobby or leisure activity, read for pleasure. Schedule additional personal time for yourself or with a friend or family member. Maybe learn a new skill, a new recipe, meditate, or something you always wanted to do, but never could find the time to do it. Anything that has a more lifestyle-sustaining reward. Also, establish some friendly competition or objectives with others with similar pursuits. This is often a strong recommendation when it comes to working out, going on a diet, or any activity where you're seeking to forge new, better habits. So very quickly in summary, challenge yourself. If you consider yourself outcomes-oriented, consider apps and tools that help you set financial goals and inform you of your progress. Number two. Create healthy competition with others. If it's part of your nature to compete, then use apps, social platforms, personal scorecards that track progress alongside friends and family or social connections with similar financial goals. And finally, find rewards that incentivize you. So if you take action and you partake in any type of gamification, and if you're motivated by cash, products, services, badges, milestone markers, or the like, Finding one that helps improve your ability to reach important financial goals or objectives may help improve your money management. And so, getting back to the teaser and my love affair with Wordle, I love that it forces me to challenge myself, that I can compete with others by sharing my success, and I find it rewarding to know that I have a solid track record of winning, that it helps maintain my vocabulary skills. I think that's one love affair that my wife will let me continue. As a copyright reminder, written permission is required to use any of the content shared. Any views expressed are my own and are not the opinion of any entity unless otherwise mentioned during the program. And since we are critical thinking creatures, these opinions are subject to change. For financial advice, consider consulting a licensed financial professional. And make sure to watch your inbox for the next exciting episode of Fin Wisdom.